What makes poetry a unique art form and why does it matter? We discuss this and more with special guest Tanner Olson on this episode of The Overthinkers. Hello, thinking people's thinking people. Welcome to The Overthinkers, a home for those who like to have fun thinking deeply. I'm your host, Joseph Holmes, filmmaker, film critic, philosopher, poet, and with me as always is my lovably literary co-host. Nathan Clarkson, actor, author, filmmaker, and I will say, I, and, I, and I hesitate to say this in front of someone who actually is a professional one of these, but I will call myself an occasional dabbler in poetry. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, yeah. You've written some poems, yeah. Very cool. Well, speaking of which, that, that was a very good prompting. With us today is a very special guest. He is an author, speaker, and poet. He started the Written to Speak project and his words read tens of thousands every day across social media. He has recorded multiple spoken word records and he is the author of three books, which are collections of original poems and prayers, including I'm All Over the Place, As You Go, and the recently released Walk a Little Slower. He is the terrific, the tenacious, the terrifying Tanner Olson. Tanner, welcome to the show. I've had a lot of introductions in my life. That one's going to stand out. Nice. And, I, and, yes. I think it, and I think it was like in a good way, too. I think it was oh, yeah. in a good. very good way. You're yeah. terrifying in, in a great in, way. For what it's worth, I also dabble in poetry, even though this is my job. So oh, Hardly. No, you are prolific. And by the way, I'm just going to give a quick plug real quick. If there, are, I know there are a lot of poetry fans out there in our audience. Please check out Tanner's stuff. It is beautiful. He's on, what is it written to speak would be your Instagram? Yeah, yeah, written to but speak. It's beautiful words and we definitely need those right now. And so I'm so excited to dive in this topic about poetry today because it's one we haven't covered yet. So no, I'm super yes. excited. We've tried to go into a lot of different, all the different art forms, way that people create culture and art and beauty. We have not done poetry yet. So this is very exciting. Yeah, but first, if you guys do enjoy this podcast, what we do here, or enjoy this episode, and you want to engage more with our material or with fellow uh, fellow overthinkers and fellow appreciators of beauty, Nathan, where can they go? They can go to theoverthinkersjournal.com where they can find out more about their hosts and get in touch with us, tell us how right or wrong we were, send us all your love and hate mail. They can also go to the Overthinkers private group on Facebook where we now have over 4,000 members sharing memes, sharing articles, getting discussions, having, having a really good upbeat but interesting and intellectual time. Uh, so we'd love to have you join our ranks. And uh, I do want to give a quick shout out. We are having a an event that's coming up very shortly, actually, but it's going to be an Oscars party here in New York City. We're going to do a live Oscar screening with a little red carpet, and we're going to be holding it at the Hepzibah House uh, here in New York City, which is an amazing place for ministry. And it's an old brownstone. It's going to be so much fun. So dress up. We want to see you there. So check out uh, the Eventbrite and make sure you RSVP because we are going to have a blast thinking, talking uh, about movies and culture, and we want you there. So I, you can find it at the Overthinkers Journal is on the events page. Yes, and, yes. Uh, and if you join the Facebook group, the Eventbrite will be there as well. Yes, and please leave us a review or share with a friend. It really does help so much. Awesome. So we're ready to dive into poetry? Let's do it. Cool. So <clears throat> it's been said that everyone wants to read po to have read poetry, but no one wants to read poetry. As Mr. Majet of Central Carolina College said, nobody reads poetry anymore. If they did, I would be a millionaire. And there's a point there. Most people tacitly acknowledge poetry to be one of the foundational forms of high literature and may know poets like Robert Frost, Walt Whitman, or Maya Angelou. 
But aside from a couple of lines here or there, few people can name more than one of their poems or can name the last poem they read. However, there is evidence that the love of poetry is on the rise again, particularly among young people. According to a study by the National Endowment for the Arts and U.S. Census Bureau detailed in the NPR piece, Poetry is Making a Big Comeback, poetry reading rose 76% between 2012 and 2018, from 6% of American adults reading poetry in the last year to 11%. Many suspect that the rise can be attributed at least partly to the multitude of new ways that people have access to consume poetry, from social media like Instagram, YouTube, Spoken Word, and TikTok. Tanner Olson, with all the different art forms that people have to choose from nowadays, what sets poetry apart as a valuable art form, apart from other art forms, and why have you chosen this one to dedicate your talents to? First of all, y'all really know what you're doing with this whole podcast thing. <laughs> yes. We try. I mean, the intro, you guys are having events. You've got scripts. Uh, this is amazing. Um, yeah, when thinking about poetry, or maybe I should say this, I got into poetry not thinking that this was going to become a career. I write poetry because I can't help but write. And so as, a, as just a creative human being, when I sit down to write, it just comes out as poetry. Uh, mm. Some days I wish it came out as other things, but it's, this is what it is. Um, when I was in middle school and high school, I wanted to be in a punk rock band. Really bad. <laughs> me too. So bad. We all if, did. You like, if you looked at me, and if you look at me now, like you're like, oh, that guy, he for sure wanted to be in a punk rock band. It was like tight pants. Like you'd have thought I was the lead singer of a band or I was going to skateboard. Under um, oath all the way. <laughs> under oath forever, man. Like even, even right now, I'm still with them. But, um, but that kind of music kind of shaped a lot mm. of who I am and who I am now. Uh, and I always connected with the words that they wrote, uh, mm. but I can't sing, I can't play music, but I just love words, how they can move mm. us and shake us and shift us and heal us and just change us completely. And so with, um, with this life that I have, I, I wanted to, to spread hope and announce love. And I only know how to do that through poetry. Um, and so that's kind of what I'm giving my life and my time to is, is creating something that hopefully people can, can hold on to. I think when, you know, going back to your question, like, you know, why poetry? And um, I think a lot of people can just kind of hold it. Poetry mm. isn't, it's not extremely heavy. Now, the thought of it can be extremely heavy, but um, it is just a, something simple that people can tuck in their pocket and, and go with them as they go throughout their day. You can, wow. you know, you can point that back to like the Psalms or just like a, maybe a verse from the Gospels or something like that, where it is just something super, uh, super short, super thoughtful, um, heavy in some ways, but something that you can fall back on. Mm. And I want to add words. I want to bring hope to people who are searching for something with empty pockets and want to carry something for the journey forward. Wow. I absolutely love that image of of empty pockets and something to carry. Cause it's, it's interesting. You talk about, you know, the, the strength of poetry being in its simplicity, almost not yeah. obviously it's a very complicated act. Anyone who's tried to write a poem knows how difficult it is, oh, yeah. but the actual engagement with the poem, it's, it's not a novel, right? It's not a 700 page book. And because that's not something, of course, these are meaningful. You know, we're, we're authors here. We love words and we love stories, but they're, you know, carrying a 700 page uh, novel, and, I, and I'm speaking metaphorically here in your quote unquote pocket, in the back of your head can be more difficult. There's so much length and, and all this, but there's something about the simplicity and shortness of a poem of, like you mentioned, the Psalms of having these simple words that you can carry with you and they're true words and they're meaningful. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting to look at the cultural impact of late. I, I've known maybe the past 10 years, maybe, because I grew up in a literary family 
um, who loved poetry, but it was something that most people talked about as archaic. This is something that people yeah. used to do. You know, Edgar Allan Poe used to write The Raven, now we have new stuff. Um, <laughs> and it's interesting since maybe high school, I've noticed this resurgence in love for poetry. And it happened with, um, uh, with you know, multiple books and multiple um, kind of mediums. Uh, Rupi Carr, uh, she wrote, um, oh, remind me of that, do you know it? Um, like milk and, and honey. And, yes, milk and uh, honey. I remember yeah. when it, was, it kind of was this cultural thing, right? Every, yeah. uh, everybody I knew, especially the women in my life, have a copy of this book somewhere. And it, I'm not even making a comment on what maybe the book was about. You can, that, that's a whole other discussion to, uh, to debate those topics. But it was interesting to me that this form came back so strongly immediately. And, you know, in your words, you were kind of talking about how poetry um, has this simplistic, uh, not simplistic power, but a strong power to simplistically sum up and articulate deep and meaningful things. And I wonder if part of the reason that poetry has been back on this rise, has been back in our thoughts and minds and in, in our bookshelves, is because it has that power in a way that a lot of art forms don't. And I think right now, this is a tumultuous time, right? It's, it's upset, people are angry, people are scared, and for a good reason. And what do we do when we're upset, angry, and scared? We go to art to comfort us, to inform us, to help us articulate reality in a way that we can understand. And while it's great that there's books out there and there's articles and there's you know uh, lectures, we also <laughs> we also need things to help us quickly articulate and understand the pain in our lives mm. and things that we can connect to in a in a way that doesn't you know ask for months of engagement, but in something we can take with us, like you said, in our pocket for that day. And a poem is a realistic way to do that, and it can articulate truth about relationships, about the world, about fear, about doubt, whatever it might be. And so I think partly the rise that we've seen with poetry in the past little while, again, is that it has that really intense power to articulate our reality in, a, in an artistic way, in a art, um, that, can, uh, that can help us understand the reality and that we're living out. And I, and I think that's a really beautiful thing about poetry. And so Tana, I would love to hear you talk a little more about that because you talked about why you invested your life in poetry mm -hmm. and why I mean, you know, it just comes out of you. That's how you articulate your reality. And you have found that there's tens of thousands of other people that benefit from you doing work of not for them, but for them, because you are helping them articulate the reality and work through their problems in your words. Why do you think that poetry one took a dive? Not, not, you know, it is always there, but it, it was, um, it's definitely come back, let's say, into yeah. the public eye and been a way that people have started understanding things again. Why do you think, one, it went away, and why do you think now, in this day and age, it's making a return? And you see, again, this is evidenced by there's Instagram poets, there's yeah. Pinterest poets, there's uh, yeah. the bestsellers of poetry. Why do you think that is? I think there's, you can take a, a really positive spin on it, kind of like you were saying, where um, the world needs hope and they need people to be honest. Uh, one of the reasons why I, I write poetry and I share poetry is because I think that if I can be honest, then somebody else can be honest as well. Right yeah. now, someone to see how stories are shared. And so they'll be like, okay, I can do this too. Like I can be brave and share my story. Like, so I think that's one of the positive things of, of this. I also think that, um, and as somebody who my work has been described as Instagram poetry, which is fine. Like it, there are some, there is, but there's also, there's more to it, right? Yes. There are just some things that like I share on a daily basis on Instagram because it's easy. And it's not to say that I don't believe in the words, but there is more than just Instagram poems that I write. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but I also think that perhaps it's become on the rise as well is because uh, 
if you are somebody who reads poetry, then other people now think that you are an intellectual. Oh, interesting. interesting. And if you're posting, if you're posting it on your feed, then it makes you look like you are this or like you are like that. And I guess there's nothing wrong with it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the same thing with like Christian Instagram where, you know, like and maybe yeah. it's not as popular anymore, but like at the coffee shop, here's my cup of coffee and an open Bible. Yes. I did those pictures too. Like I'm, Me too. I'm oh, yeah. uh, but I, you know, I was thinking about that the other day and I was like, do you regret doing that? And it's kind of a silly thing to think, but I don't regret it because maybe that invited somebody else to open mm-hmm. up their Bible to read as well. Um, and so I, I, I guess I can't be upset if people are posting little snippets of poetry and be like, look at me, I'm reading poetry or this really spoke to me. But I also think there is something about people posting pictures of poetry because they need something to fill up their feed or to make themselves look one way or another. Um, and that's fine if they do. So I just kind of want to come at it kind of from, from both yeah. angles. No, I- um, but I, I, I mean, it, it fills, it fills a space in people's lives, whether it's just for an Instagram post or, or maybe it is, they're just searching for something honest to read. Uh, and what mm-hmm. poetry does, it just, it's able to communicate something honest and beautiful and true, but it also invites you to, to lean in and to think a little bit more about what's happening in the life around you. And I love that poetry kind of pushes people to um, step back and open their eyes and hands just a little bit wider to mm-hmm. see something from a different angle. Um, like you said, poetry is not this like 700 page novel um, and it yeah. doesn't need to be because we want to take that 700 page novel and put it into three lines. Yeah. Right. Um, so that's, I don't know. Those are just a couple of thoughts that I have about that. Yeah. Go so this it. is fascinating to me. I'd like to delve deeper into the, the particularities of poetry as an art form and, and why it has that power that you're describing. Because one of the things we've talked about is how it can say a lot, it's efficiency, sort of we talk about. It. Yeah. it can say a lot, get across a lot of emotion, get across a lot mm-hmm. of meaning in a shorter amount of time, in a short segment than say a novel or a movie or whatever can. Yeah. And so I'm interested, why is that? What is the particularity of uh, poetry that it can do that? that? Why it can do that? And also what other things about it make it unique in that ability to uh, be honest, like you're saying, and, and explore and help people, like you just said, help um, people to see the world around them a little bit more clearly. Well, and I'm going to add to that question, um, Tanner. Bring it on. It's interesting because you know, we, we talk a lot about social media now, right? Yeah. And um, that's something that's been talked about, well, since its inception. But even before then, it was, we were talking about TV or the internet or whatever it might have been. And how, I, I remember when I was a kid, before even really you know, Facebook was around, I, ha- I heard, you know, the adults uh, talking <laughs> about how the kids these days don't have a long attention span. They, they need, you know, quick cartoons and all this. They, they don't have a long attention yeah. span. And while, yes, I, I encourage long attention spans, I encourage digging into a novel. It's also, it's not necessarily that our, our brains can't handle it. It's that our lives very often can't handle because we're so hectic. I'm, you know, I'm getting off right now of one of the busiest days I've had in quite a while. And that's after a, a lot more busy days. And I don't yeah. have time to sit down and read an entire novel, even watch a movie is asking a lot of me, but I still have that desire for, I need something of depth. I need something that helps me. I need something artistic and beautiful that can give me some truth, like you said, to hold in your pocket. So I also wonder, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. If part of the, again, the rise in poetry now is because we live in a culture and a time that's so fast. It's interesting, your book book (laughs) talks about slowing down, you know, and we live in an age that's so fast and so poetry might be the one and only art form really right now that can actually um, fit 
give us the things we need within the, the hectic and chaos that we live in. And so that's why I think it's one of the reasons it's uh, particularly powerful. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm wondering what you think about that uh, poetry in the social media age and the, you know, short attention spans and all that. How do you think that plays? Yeah. Well, those are a lot of good questions. And I, <laughs> I'll see if I can, I don't know, as you, as y'all were, were talking, uh, it, it kind of sounds like, um, well, our world is, quite obsessed with optimization, right? Like so mm. of our time and, and all that kind of stuff. And um, I, I know from myself, like I have a, a poem, it's the, the last poem in my book, Walk a Little Slower. Uh, it's called Go On. And it's basically this extremely long list of things that you need to do throughout your day, things that you need to remember. And it's all about, you know, like remember mercy, remember grace, but also drink water, like pull the weeds, mm. mow the lawn, but like slow down, look up at the trees. Like they're still there, you know? And so it's like, as you were, as you guys were talking about, it, it's like, we're kind of making poetry to kind of sound to be more like a vitamin where it's like, Hey, don't forget to have your, like, don't forget to have your like daily dose of, of poetry. Um, but at the same time, like, so we, we think about some of these things that the things that I think we really, really love to do, but we don't do because they don't, uh, make us money or mm-hmm. they don't, uh, like stimulate our bodies or they don't advance us in the world the way that we want to advance. And those things, you know, it's like um, slowing down to, to pray or to meditate, yeah. um, taking time for reflection. Now, self, self-care and self-love is, is extremely popular right now. Um, and I would say that there's some good things. There's some pros and cons to that, just like there are pros and cons to everything. And I think poetry, what it, what it does, and I, I've said this before, but it really just kind of it creates this space where you can just be. And we have a really difficult time mm-hmm. just being and just breathing because it's always about, I have to get this next thing done. I got to do this thing. I have to advance my career. I have to talk to this person. I need to go pick up the kids or walk the dog or do this. And there's this, there's this thing. And there's, it's just, it's, it's overwhelming. And poetry was not created to be overwhelming. Uh. It wants, it really just wants to, um, help you forget that there are things on your shoulders. Wow. Right. It really just wants to invite you to, well, and so I'm going to plug my book again. Do it, please. The the book is, and I, and I wrote this, I wrote the book for myself. Um, But the book is broken up into five sections and it's slow down, lean in, hold fast, keep going. And then the last section is go on. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And the last section was just added because I wrote a poem and I was like, I like this. I'm going to put it in there. It's my book. Um, <laughs> I think that's, I think that's kind of like the steps of poetry is you slow down, you lean in and you hold fast to the words. And then when it's time to go, you keep going and you go. So, on. so kind of what I hear you saying is it, it's not so much just another thing to add to the chaos. Oh, you can kind of sprinkle poetry in your life and it'll just be a great, you know, little inspiration for you. It almost sounds like you're saying that poetry is this invitation away from the chaos and inviting you into a place of stillness, into a place of peace, into a place of maybe better context. And so poet, and it's, you know, it's funny when we, when we talk about workout plans or getting rich or whatever, we, Ew. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. awful things. Well, I want uh, uh, to yes. <laughs> jump to having, to having abs right now. But the, the first oh, step you said it, out. man, but I don't want to do anything. Yes. <laughs> yes. First I want I want the chicken tenders ab routine. That's all oh, I want. Oh, yes, that's <laughs> me. That's especially after if, COVID. If you can figure out how to do that, you'll make a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> but uh, it, it's an invitation away from the chaos of life, which could be a reason it's, it's becoming so popular now, because I don't think there are many areas or spaces left for that. There's not a lot of places inviting us into or away from rather the chaos of life. And I have found that poetry has been particularly helpful in my prayer life, interestingly enough, that before I pray, it's kind of almost, it's this bridge for me mm -hmm. into a more peaceful meditative state where I can pray without being distracted. So I come off a crazy day and I don't just jump into prayer. I'm, I'm, if you can, that's great. Um, but for me, it's really helpful to sit down and I always have a poetry book going and read a few poems, which kind of still my mind, invite me into a place where it's a little calmer, might be the wrong word, but more peaceful. And then I can find myself in a place that I can pray. So it's interesting to hear you talk yeah. about in a crazy age, maybe this is becoming popular again, because there are so few spaces, there's so few sanctuaries yeah. that yeah. allow so you, you to have that. So you kind of make, uh, make poetry out to sound a little bit like um, the after workout stretching. <laughs> you know, it's, the it's, like the thing, it's, it's the thing, it's the thing you do before the thing that you do. But let me throw mm. something else at you uh, about poetry. And this is going to, I, I try not to be a super hippy dippy kind of guy and talk about things like this. So this may not be super hippy dippy for you, but this it might is, be this me. is a safe space. Yes. Be as super hippy dippy <laughs> as you want. All right. Well, I'm working this thought out as we're talking about it. Um, I'm a big Jesus guy. Um, well, I'm not like a big human being, but I'm, I'm a big <laughs> human being. Metaphoric, poetically speaking. Poetically speaking. And <laughs> poetically speaking. Um, but as I, as I read through the Gospels, uh, as I read through like what Jesus has, has done and the way that he interacts with people, uh, it, it almost seems that he's kind of inviting you into a life of poetry as well. Mm. Um, and he's inviting you to, to slow down and to, to trust that something more is happening. He doesn't say a lot. There are a couple of sections where he does talk a lot, you know, the Beatitudes and, and whatnot. But for the most part, with the way that he interacts with people, it's very poetic. Mm. There is great purpose in the little that he does, right? And in the little that he does, a lot happens. And I think that's what poetry does as well. And he's not, he doesn't talk and talk and talk and talk. It's, I'm going to say the thing that needs to be said, and I'm going to say it with confidence, and I'm going to offer it to you and invite you into what that really means and the life that is inside of that completely. And I think as, you know, as we're talking, I, I can't help but think maybe what poetry does is it kind of gives us a template for maybe this is a good way to live your life. Mm. It doesn't have to be chaotic. It doesn't have to be go, 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 go. Like you can actually believe it or not, you can just breathe and be and do your life, your little life with great love. This is interesting. I mean, so I'm probably the least poetry savvy of, of any of the, uh, of the three of us here. Um, assuredly. Assuredly, yes. <laughs> okay, so definitely we have it confirmed. Um, but I, what I'm hearing you guys talk and, and, I, and my experience with poetry um, well, one of the things I'm wondering about is if poetry is, is kind of like creating cognitive imagery. And, and mm. what, what I mean by that, and I'll, I'll extrapolate that. We had a, a podcast a while back where we talked about reading in general and the power that words have because images, you know, cause us to experience something before we think about it. Whereas reading, it, it, it's, we have to think about it and then we experience it. Um, but with in general reading, you know, you have to think about it and then you conjure the images in your head, you conjure the concepts in your head. But poetry is very interesting because to me, because it is words that 
immediately conjure images before concepts, immediately conjure feelings. They're not mm-hmm. always supposed to be taken literally. Their, their first primary thing is to conjure images, emotions, feelings, experiences. So it's mm. both trying to conjure an experience for you before you understand that experience, which means it's sort of the cognitive brain attempting to have um, simulate the experience of seeing images first. And that's a kind of a way that unifies both our cognitive experience with our feeling oriented experience in the world. That's one of the things I've, again, that's where when I've experienced it, that's one of the things that stood out in an interesting way about it. So that might be why that it's helpful in reorienting and very efficiently reorienting us to, um, to, to uh, reorienting us in a way. Does that resonate at all? Am I kind of bark up a wrong tree? What do you think of that? I detect no lies. <laughs> I don't know. It's, well, I love what you. That, talk- I mean, that's when. It, yeah. Well, I was just going to say, and, and I think to preface maybe this whole conversation of poetry, every poet is different, right? And okay. everyone's yeah. relationship with poetry is different. And so the listener is probably thinking, well, no, that doesn't sound like any kind of poetry that I read. Well, we <laughs> read different poetry. You know, like there's, it's, it's a huge thing. It's like talking about music, right? It's like oh, I love drums, and people are like, yeah, but I, I don't. I only listen to strings. It's like, all right, yeah. then. Was it, okay. you know, so it's all. There's, it's just, it's, it is different. And so I'm coming at this from a place of, um, of the, what, of what I've written and, and the poets that have inspired me. And when they write, like they are inviting my mind into, to see things mm. that I may not have seen in the world or mm. to take the things that I have experienced and to put those into place in my mind as I read the words that they have written. Right. Mm. But I also think kind of like what you were saying, when you, like when you sit down to read poetry, you sit down differently than when you would sit down to read a novel. Yes. Right? When you sit down to read a novel, you're like, all right, I'm going into this story. When you sit down to read a poem, and this could be, this may be different for you, but it's almost as if, what can I get out of this poem? Yeah. What does this poet have? What are they giving me? Or what are they trying to tell me? And sometimes when, when I talk with people about the things that I've written, they're like, well, what are you trying to tell me in this poem? And I'm like, well, maybe this one's not for you if you can't see it. Or maybe this one isn't for you today, right? Uh-huh. So maybe come back to it next season or the season after that, right? And so I think like your your approach to poetry kind of changes on on where you're at in the day and what you are searching for, what you're looking to get out of it. Because I think sometimes people are like, well, what is this? Ha- what do you, like, give me something. <laughs> like, what? Okay, here it is. <laughs> you know? what, what'd you get from it? If you got nothing from it, that's fine. Interesting. Right. I, I'm hearing both you guys say some interesting things that I want to touch on real quick. Please. Um, Take one, your time. <laughs> Tanner, one is, it's interesting, you know, we kind of, sometimes we think that anything bound in a cover is all the same, but obviously poetry and, and nonfiction and fiction alike are all very different mediums. And uh, this is just anecdotally what I experience when I read poetry and why I read it in addition to other things. Right. I don't read it. I don't read. Yeah, it, it's a it's something that's just as needed in my yeah. reading habits as anything else uh, for me anyway. And what I find that poetry does unique, um, uniquely that other art forms maybe don't uh, as much as when I read a novel or even a nonfiction, let's say in theology or philosophy, those books require me to go in. Hmm. And do, how do I say, I have to approach that and I have to almost prepare myself, like you were saying, I have to prepare myself, okay, I need to 
focus. I'm going to need to. You're entering um, into that world. Yes, I have to enter into You're the You're like world. entering into a classroom. Yes. Like, yeah. Right? Yeah. Great. Again, poetry. See, yeah. Image. Yeah. 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 You should do this for a living. Well, and then um, so like with po and then so with poetry, like what what kind of room does that invite you to? Because I hope that I'm inviting you to a campfire. Well, here's yeah. the thing. Mm. I was even gonna put it a different way. Poetry feels like it walks into the room and sits on the couch next to me. I don't actually have to oh. go into a classroom. Poetry yeah. comes it to meets me. You. It meets yeah. you. Yeah, and it's so okay. it's a friend who comes over. And so yeah. it's one of the only art forms where it reaches to meet me. There's mm -hmm. there's an equal there's an mm -hmm. equal um, a meeting a relationship in the yeah. where poetry is actually doing some of the work to connect to my thoughts and feelings. And Joseph, you mm -hmm. talked a second ago how um, poetry it, it has this power. You know, from your very uneducated yes, idea, exactly. Yes, yes. <laughs> it has this power to tie both thought and emotion. Yeah all at once, which is a rare thing, I think. And it's interesting that a lot of people say, well, I don't really like poetry, yet they have a favorite song. We forget how pervasive oh, yeah. poetry is, right? <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. like you were talking about some of the artists, like let's say Under Oath or Noah Gunderson, whoever it was we grew up with, um, Both of that's poetry. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, th that's poetry. It's put to music, obviously, but all of us have a connection to poetry. And I think that both music, the writing of poetry and music and the writing of poetry without music, what it does is it, it enables both your thoughts and emotions to come to this, to come to one place and be articulated and understood in a way that a lot of other art forms don't. When I'm reading theology, as much as I wanna feel something, I'm usually just using my head, right? I'm just yeah. thinking about the concepts being same with philosophy, any nonfiction. Um, maybe fiction does this a little more, but a lot of times I'm just intaking information where poetry is this thing that meets me where I am and combines both the feeling and thinking aspects of me. And it creates a more, I don't know, holistic mm -hmm. Nathan, more holistic me in a really valuable way that I find um, has helped me a lot. And that's one of the reasons that it is a needed thing for me. But Tanner, what, what are your thoughts on that kind of, poetry meeting us and the tying together heart and mind. Uh, I'm a pretty emotional human being. And so when you said uh, it's like poetry enters the room and sits down next to you, I got a little, little teary. Well, that's what it is. I mean, I, I, so I, this, uh, I was telling you guys before this, but I just, I got to speak to a bunch of high school students this morning in Milwaukee and we talked a lot about poetry and it almost seemed as, you know, kind of like we were saying, like they, they kept saying like, well, what's in it for me? Mm -hmm. what's in it for me and it's like i don't know like just <laughs> like just they 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 could not understand they, they didn't they're like so this is like your job like you this is what you do why why do you do this mm -hmm. and i'm like well, first of all i don't feel like like i didn't want to do this i wanted to be in the nba but we all don't get what we want okay yeah <laughs> true so it's just like they have an episode on that yes <laughs> right but it, i mean it is that thing and 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 I think like you're, you're putting into words what I've been trying to kind of say for a while is like, I just want to give you something that can sit with you, right? Mm -hmm. Like it doesn't, and it's not gonna have the answers. And that's what I love about poetry because poetry feels a lot like my faith. I don't, I know some things to be certain but I have a lot of questions, yeah. right? And I think poetry is like, hey, I don't, I don't necessarily know either but I'm here. And, mm. um, and maybe this can bring you a little bit of comfort and maybe the comfort is that, hey, I also don't know. And yeah, that that can be enough. But yeah, I, I don't this is I, I don't get to talk. I don't get to talk about poetry often like this. And so you guys are just like my mind is just going. And it's also like my afternoon coffee. So there's nice. <laughs> we <laughs> always like to get our guests right after they have their coffee. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh, no, I'm sipping it down right now. Okay. Yeah.
But real quick, but yeah. not real quick, take your time, actually. Walk a little slower. Before we move in to our, our uh, ending segment, Blesses and Curses, Tanner, would you uh, be willing to read one of your poems uh, for our listeners? Because I think it would be really cool to, we're talking about all these concepts and information, and I'd love for our listeners to actually experience some poetry on this episode about poetry. Yeah. Would that be something we could do? Yes. Uh, yeah, so this is a poem called Walk a Little Slower uh, from my book, Walk a Little Slower. Uh, if you're wondering, the poem is all about walking a little slower. But, <laughs> uh, but I wrote this sometime uh, during the pandemic, like early on in it. Um, and uh, I, I don't know, I, I enjoy this poem. I share it at all the events that I've been been speaking at recently. And a lot of times people are like, yeah, I get that. Nice. That, makes it, like, <laughs> I get, that makes sense to me, which is, all, it's, which is like better than people being like, I don't understand you. Why are you here? Like, you know, yeah. something else. <laughs> All right. Anyways, it goes like this. I think today I'll walk a little slower and breathe a little deeper. I'll leave my phone face down inside and give my eyes a rest to see beauty beyond a screen. I'll grab a light jacket so I can still feel the cold wind holds your hand until it gets sweaty and I'll let go, but I'll never let go. I'll walk below and between shadows, cut through the field, cross the street when the car is clear. Today, I want to find myself beneath the limbs of the trees and later on below a few million stars. Maybe we'll see a dog or bump into old friends or both. And I'm not counting steps or miles, but I'm just walking because for now, I can't. And I don't know what the future holds. If my days left are long or short or that way you get it. Maybe grief is around the corner or a missed call on my face down phone back inside. Maybe there is good news in my inbox or a miracle waiting in the welcome of next month and in the morning. In the morning, I'll sit a little longer and drink a little deeper. I'll watch the light make its way to the dark morning because the light, it always finds a way. And I'll remind myself that life won't always look the way it does. Change is coming and it might even be here. I'll remember the steps forward and the steps back that led me to where I am. And before I begin to move these feet once again, I'll slowly breathe in grace and exhale peace knowing that every piece of me is here to be. And whatever may become, well, for now, for now, I'll walk a little slower and breathe a little deeper because right now I'm alive and everything is okay. It's not perfect and that's okay. And that's what I'm learning to tell myself these days. Everything is okay. It's not perfect and that's okay. That was wow. beautiful. That was absolutely beautiful. I think that good because if you if you responded any differently than that, I was just going to end the call. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I would not respect you if you did. Yeah. <laughs> we, we're artists ourselves. We would do the same yeah. thing. Yeah. You didn't love this. <laughs> no, but truly, that was really beautiful. And the only reason I muted myself is because my what? radiator came on right in the middle of your poem. <laughs> good old New York. Oh man. No, thank you for sharing that, Tanner. Um, yeah. Which is a perfect segment into two things. One. I want to go ahead and do the plug right now. Where can people get your book uh, and and your other and your other work and, and engage with your other work so they can hear more of this? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so you can uh, if you visit writtentospeak.com, uh, you can find out all about 
me and what I do. Um, I travel, I speak at schools and churches and organizations. I share poetry. I do. Uh, I've been doing this thing called a, a night of poetry and storytelling, which feels a little bit like stand-up comedy, but also nice. poetry, Ooh, love uh, it. which has been nice. a lot of, which has been a lot of fun. Yeah. I don't brand myself as a comedian because that is a lot of pressure. Like, I, <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's much I easier can, to surprise people with how funny you are than have people expect oh, yeah. you to be funny. Yeah. yeah. True. And I, I know that I can always rhyme bright with night with light. Like I got the poetry thing down, but like to make you laugh, I don't know if that's going to happen. It depends on you <laughs> and me. Um, but yeah, you can find all my work at writtentospeak.com. You can find my books there, or you can head to Amazon. Just search Tanner Olson, uh, O-L-S-O-N, not like the Olson twins. Mm. <laughs> nice. Well, well that is, I'll, I'll go ahead and say that's my first bless for our now uh, uh, segment. Or I'm going to say, I keep on saying everyone's favorite segment. It's my, it's one of my, my favorite segments. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we know one person who said it was their favorite segment. Okay, good. So it's yeah. some people's favorite segment. They skipped all of this just to the video. Exactly, yeah. yes. But Blesses and curses. Yes, go ahead and explain. Yes. So we this is the segment yes. of our show where we take some piece of work of art, media, or resource that we want to recommend and tell on our topic and tell people they should go check it out if they are, want to engage more with this, or something that we want to curse that says tell people stay away from, give our stamp of not approval to. So we always invite our guests to participate in uh, either bless something with us or curse something with us. Or, or both. Or both. Exactly. Or go at the beginning at the end. So uh, Tanner, would you like to join us for this? If you so, would you like to go start out or would you like to uh, go to the end? Giddy up, boys. I'm in. I don't want to go first. I want somebody else to go first. Right, cool. I, okay. I need, also, y'all curse, curse stuff on the show. You say, do not get this do not yes. endorse. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, wow. I, I have to be careful because I'm an actor. So I, <laughs> I you know, I still want to get roles from directors yeah. in the movies I curse. So I have to like curse really old stuff. So <laughs> like I'm about to do. So <laughs> All right, good for it. But I'll go first and we can we can sandwich the uh, the knowledgeable yeah. poets. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But um, so I'm gonna start with my blesses. I have during the pandemic, I read a uh, a book by a, a poet I hadn't been introduced to before, but I, everyone had taught, everyone I respected had talked about this poet. He was part of the Harlem Renaissance. He's a black poet. And it was something just a lot of my friends who loved poetry uh, said I should jump in. And I was really surprised by how deeply I connected with and loved his words. Um, Langston Hughes, and I hesitate mm -hmm. to say just one work, but there's a collection I read um, called The Dreamkeeper and Other Poems. Um, but his work is just, I'm reading another book by him right now, but Langston Hughes' book, um, or poem rather, The Dreamkeeper, the way he weaves words and ideas and feelings together so seamlessly and so realistically and beautifully human. I, I, yeah, I mean, it's without a doubt, uh, I think probably my favorite poet. And I've been looking for a chance to, um, to encourage people to read him. And I'm so glad we have a poetry episode finally, because Langston Hughes, uh, Hughes the dream keeper, and just all of his poetry is just really, really just, uh, I'm, I'm not articulating this well. Um, go read it for yourself and you can see what I mean, but it's beautiful. It, I have a problem with, t with some poetry that I read and I'll curse in a minute. Again, we talked about poetry should meet you and, and, and yeah. it comes to you. And I, I've read some poetry where it feels like it's trying to impress me and it's trying to be yeah. so abstract and weird. So I think something about the author and in Langston Hughes, one, 
his poetry is beautiful and he's obviously an artist and he's an intellect obviously in the things he describes but he also describes them in, in a way I can understand and connect yeah. with and I think that's such a unique skill and he does it so well so yes Reed Langston Hughes I'm also going to bless someone modern uh Bending the Universe by Justin Welch he mm. is a poet I actually found on Instagram and then I got one of his books um and the way he wrestles with really big ideas and and human thing with doubt and and love and faith and wanting to let go of his faith and um, and breakups and the way he wrestles with those inside of his poetry is just really really beautiful to me. And we actually connected um, via Instagram. Just saying, you know, I, I was pre appreciate when people reach out after reading my work, and, and he was very kind. Um, his, I think his book's like a big bestseller now, but. Um, I, I really, for a, for the modern, uh, for a modern poet, aside from you, of course, Tanner, uh, <laughs> Justin Welch's "Bending the Universe" is a really beautiful place to start. It's both deep and and has weight to it, while still, again, it meets you where you are. To to and you, and the poems invite you to wrestle with these very human things along with them. So if you are wrestling with love or doubt, uh, his poetry I found was really helpful for me because it allowed me to do it with him with his poetry and i'm gonna curse um i know i have a lot of people who are gonna get mad at me those are my this, favorite segments but I, I read poetry that i thought i should because mm. it's like oh i want to be a smart person and read this person and i really planned on liking it so i could be one of those smart cool people yep, yep. and i really didn't like it at all it was it was so i like i disliked it so much i couldn't even pretend that i did um <laughs> so i could look smart but and tanner if this if you love this person please forgive me uh, or anyone out there i know i'm gonna get a lot of letters telling me how dumb i am and i just didn't get it which is fine i probably didn't um but it, it's t.s Eliot's poetry um <laughs> I, I read the wasteland and other poems i tried everyone i tried so hard but again, I'm going back to this concept of poetry meeting me. It felt like he was trying so hard to make me think he was super cool and interesting. And it was so obscure and it, it maybe I'm just dumb. There's a good chance, but it, <laughs> it meant I felt nothing after reading his words. And I don't feel like you should after reading poetry. And that's like the worst thing that you could say to a poet. I feel <laughs> nothing. I I, that that would like be a dagger like, to his heart. Yeah. <laughs> what an insult. I feel nothing. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. That so, is a I wanted to be smart and intellectual. I'm sorry, everybody, and cool. And if you love T.S. Eliot, please tell me why I'm wrong. Yes, and what explain I'm to him I'm okay. what he's missing from T.S. Eliot and how he should sit down with T.S. Eliot again if he decides to do it. And learn, yes. And yes, exactly. I, I didn't go to college, so maybe that's just my problem. But please explain to me. I'm open, but right now, I got to curse the uh, T.S. Eliot, the, the collective works I read. So there, there I am. Joseph, cool. So I'm. Oh, so you read his best, you read his best hits? Yeah. <laughs> and you were like, no, not for me. Yeah. That ain't a, that's not a, well, that's not a good look. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, he's gone. So I, I felt more comfortable that he's passed on and he's hopefully in a better place. Uh, he's not looking for royalty checks. Yeah, yeah exactly. Okay. Yeah. He's, he's not going to, uh, going to come uh, after me. Yeah, exactly. Cancel me. Cancel you. Exactly. Yes. Um, okay. So I'm going to be a little bit offbeat. I'm going to um, bless a book called Beholding the Glory. Okay. And that is a collection of various Christian artists describing why their art forms are um, glorifying to God. 
Interesting. Okay. And there, and one of the essays in there is on poetry oh. and explaining why poetry, they feel like it is a, uh, it is a, how they, their faith and their poetry go hand in hand mm. and what is particularly beautiful about poetry that they love. And that was one of those, the, the essays that helped me to grapple with that idea and what poetry adds, particularly to the world that other art forms don't. Mm. And so I bless it. the book in you know, general, Beholding the Glory, because I mean, there's talk, different topics about dance and literature and all these different things about why these different ways has to do with their faith and how it expresses themselves in that way. But particularly for this episode, the essays on poetry, the way it describes poetry as a way of um, calling attention to the particular, particular emotions, particular smells, particular experiences. Mm. Now it's very much uh, oriented toward that. It was very beautiful to help you understand poetry and appreciate it better. So that's why I'm beholding the book, of, excuse me, I'm, I'm blessing the book, Beholding the Glory. Um, to my curse, I'm gonna curse an only but goody, which never fails to get people angry, but that makes me happy. Um, is uh, going to curse Dead Poet Society. Okay. <laughs> and That's the reason oh Lord. I know, yes. Oh, Lord. What are you doing on your podcast right Don't now? Don't worry. He, a lot of people have already expressed how angry they are with him. He cursed it before. And well, as so you can easily look at what this man's doing. <laughs> yeah. We're all very disappointed in him. Don't worry. It's fine. Yeah. I'll explain why. I'll explain why. I do appreciate the fact that it was one of the first films that actually tried to. Um, express and revive a love of poetry for people. And that's why many people who love poetry love that movie because there's very few movies that's that are right. doing that. However, what it does, <laughs> your guest just walked away. Our, our guest is, is now gone. <laughs> but the thing is- I had, I had to get my water so I could exactly. really get ready to- But it was a perfect moment some, to walk out. It yeah. was, yes. So the problem is it tells you that there's only one correct way to experience poetry and artistry. And it is the way that does not that where where your emotions and subjective experiences rule you and um, are become your master, essentially. And, the, you know, there is a segment in there where it says, look, you, a work of great art has to have both great content and great form. And that says that is the wrong way to experience art. You can't experience art that way. If you do, then you're doing it wrong. Art has art and poetry has to be destructive of tradition, has to be destructive of, you know, of, of respect for your elders. It has to be your inner voice is your God and your guide. That is what Dead Poet Society preached. And I don't think that that is a good way to say, this is the way you have to experience poetry and art. I think that that is a way you can, and it can be helpful for that, but that sort of dogmatic preaching of you have to appreciate this way or else you're doing it wrong, I think is very destructive to both the appreciators of art and those who might want to appreciate poetry and art. So that's that's why I curse it. But I do All right. I got you. I rebuttal, got you. rebuttal. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like you, uh, your opening line was for sure clickbait. And then I, I, opened, <laughs> up, I, opened, I, I clicked on it and you you made sense, but but did you like the movie? Did you like I think it? It's, I think that it's, 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 I think it's fine. I think it's, 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 okay. a, it's, de it's a decent, it's decent All performances. Right. Robin decent Williams rest. is the greatest. Yes, How but it's not his you? best work. It's not his best work. Well, no, I mean, we good. all saw, we all it's saw fine. Flubber, so. <laughs> fair, fair. Master, it's hard to compete It's a Flubber. very mediocre film, generally. Wow. I, I think, but I think what the film does is it does kind of put you, it, I mean, it, it invites you to kind of explore the world of poetry and mm -hmm. he's, 
he's a bad dude in that movie. The way that he just enters that room and like, you know, flips those kids' lives upside down and gives them a new way of thinking. Like he was poetry for them. Please send uh, get- all of your hate mail to Joseph. <laughs> I do not sign off on his curse. <laughs> fair enough. I do not endorse. I do not endorse. <laughs> that is fair. All views expressed are the people's own. <laughs> do not reflect the overthinkers brand in general. Um, so that's that's a great rebuttal. I do appreciate that. Um, so now, Tanner, your blessings yes. and potentially curses. All right. I uh, Let's start with the curse. Actually, we'll go to the curse later. The, the two things that I'd like to uh, bless. Uh, I mentioned earlier how it's been kind of like pop punk music that got me into mm. poetry, into writing poetry. Yeah. Um, from the very, my, from my middle school years up until now, there has been one band that has remained consistent and continues to put out music. And it's not for everybody, but it is certainly for me. The band is Newfound Glory. Uh, if you're like, oh, the, guys who, the guys who wrote My Friends Over You, yes, those guys. Mm. They are still putting out music and it's been 20 years later and they're still doing it. And for me, that says a lot about a group of guys who get together to play mm. music, to play breakup songs still. Mm. But um, their their latest album, which came out uh, during the pandemic sometime, is called Forever and Ever Times Infinity. And mm. I am not good at finding new music, clearly, because I'm still listening to stuff from 2003. <laughs> but like, you remember like, uh, my, my parents would listen to the same music from when they were like 20 or 30 years old, oh, yeah. right? Like, and I was like, I'm not going to be that person. I am certainly that person. <laughs> same, um, same. But like that, that's one of those albums for me. Like I've been just listening to it and I just keep finding new things in it. And that's kind of what poetry does. It's like you read it one time or you listen to it and you're like, oh, that was okay. And then you just keep at it and you're like, oh my goodness. Like they're really saying something here. Um, so, and for all of our list, for all your listeners who are like, this guy has no taste in music. I do not care what you think. Nice. Come at me. Come By the at way, me. that is a good attitude. I'm going to add to this. I, I I love Newfound Glory. I grew up in that era. We're probably about the same age, in which 32, my friend. Yep. 32. Yep. Oh, nice. So we experienced the same movement of music at the same time, and maybe I'm just biased. Maybe I'm that old guy who's like ACDC is the best. But there was something about that time with Tooth and Nail, with all these yep. different this music coming out. It was experimental. It was interesting. It was artistic. It was poetic. And I, I still through and through. Yep, it is still in my playlist. And the, the you go back and read the lyrics, and they hold up. So I, I Dude, with do. you on this. They really hold up. Oh, so man, this is just. Uh, <laughs> I would. I. I would not be. I would not be doing what I am doing if it wasn't for their, their music. Like truthfully, awesome. like it is because what they do is they say, we're going to do the thing that we know how to do. And it might be for you and it may not be for you. Mm. Right. And that's with my poetry. Like, I hope that your listeners pick up the book. You probably should. I, I need those royalty checks, but, um, <laughs> but it's not going to be for everybody. And yeah. that's what the, that's the thing is like your art is not going to be for everybody and it's not supposed to be for everybody. Amen. If it is, then what, what did you make? Like I, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. you probably made something good, but how much? Anyways, we're not going to get to that. So, newfound glory, I bless them. Um, I want to be friends with them. And then the, <laughs> nice. the second thing that I'll the second newfound glory, if you're listening is, to this, you know, be friends with Tanner. Yeah, <laughs> my guys, my guys. Oh man. Anyways, uh, and then the second one thing I want to bless is uh, Mary Oliver. Uh, recently, mm-hmm. I've gotten into her work again, and. Mm-hmm. I am not one of those poets who is like, I sit down and read all kinds of poetry. Um, I'll read a whole bunch of 
random things. Uh, but it's hard for me sometimes to sit with a lot of different poems at a time, which I, I think you're supposed to kind of eat them like candy. You know, it's yeah. like a little bit here, a little bit there, right? But Is that still, how we're supposed to eat candy? Yeah. <laughs> I, I also am doing it wrong. Man, I have, <laughs> don't get me on the candy conversation because we'll be here a long time. Uh, nerds, Big Chewy. Have you ever heard these? Heard these? Oh man. Heaven on earth. Yes. Oh, so good. So anyway, anyways, move, um, move. <laughs> but she has, she, there are two books. Uh, one is called uh, Devotions uh, or Devotionals. I, I don't know. Uh, but it's like her great, her greatest hits. It's extremely, it's great. But then there's another book that she has called Dog Songs. And I love mm-hmm. dogs. And there's like all these, it's just like a, a whole book of poems just about dogs. And wow. they're beautiful and they make me smile. And uh, you know, when, uh, as, as artists, as creatives, when you see something that somebody else has made, I don't know, like, for example, uh, a fantastic movie like Dead Poet Society, and, you see it and, you're, <laughs> and you're like, and you're like, man, I wish I would have written that. I wish that I would have done that. Um, that for, for me, uh, that's, that's her book called Dog Songs. I'm like, oh, it's just, mm. it, it's, it makes me smile. Uh, the way that she loves dogs makes me want to love people that way um so (laughs) those are the two things and then uh if we're gonna do it let's curse let's curse russia because this is not (laughs) yeah it's we're getting cursed i think that's a safe one to do right now (laughs) won't be too controversial oh man anyways uh my my we love the russian people yes (laughs) but oh for sure oh yeah yeah uh, yeah just man i I just don't have time for evil you know no absolutely we're that's, for, put that on a t-shirt. Don't have time for evil. Oh, not time for evil. That is good. That's, that's cool. great. Um, and and yeah. we are praying for yes. everyone involved. Um, yeah, yeah, please. It's just, it's messy. It is messy. Um, I'm not, a, I'm not, a, you know, you're a political person when you say I'm, I'm not a political, not political person. person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but truly like I, I, I don't know, I write poetry. Um, that's just, I don't know. My, my heart goes out to people who have no control over what's happening mm. in life. Yeah seems to be happening to them and they are being torn apart by decisions made by people that they don't even know yeah they don't know that's well well so put um, well put yeah yeah so. amen we're, we're praying and we yep. hope everyone will join with us in doing that but tanner thank you honestly so much for being here and being our our first inaugural poet mm. on the podcast uh, I think our listeners are going to love this. And I, again one more time I'm going to plug please go check out Tanner stuff. It's really great and it's it's if you're looking to get into poetry, what better place to start? Yeah. Written to Speak and Walk a Little Slower, his new book. Um, and if you want to get in touch with me, my name is Nathan Clarkson. You can go to nathanclarkson.me or search my name on any of the socials. Joseph, you can find me on any of the so- socials as well. Joseph Holmes. Um, you might try typing a normal guy if so- Joseph Holmes doesn't show up. Long story. Don't have time for it. Um, and uh, of course, look at us for us at theoverthinkersjournal.com or go to our Facebook page, type in The Overthinkers, we're there. Well, thank you again so much, Tanner, for joining us, and thank all of you for joining us. And remember, if it's worth thinking about, it's worth overthinking about.